0: everyone and welcome to Hosted. This week, we have Noah Labhart, host of Code Story with us. He interviews leaders to talk about their tech, their products, and their stories. Six seasons and 253 episodes. Welcome to the show, Noah.
1: Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. That's a Big number of episodes that I that don't realize on a day to day basis.
0: You did look a little shocked when I mentioned <laughs> that number. Right? Have I done that many? Wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> How often do you record?
1: Oh man, I probably record five or six a week, and then I strategically place them wherever you know they need to go based on you know who I'm interviewing, what sort of you know agreement we have uh, as far as when their episode episode's going to release, and then. Um, but I'm only releasing two to three a week.
0: Okay. Wow. That's a lot of recording. So about one per day. Do you, are you ever doubling up on that?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> I, that it's hard. I don't know about you, but it feels like you, it, it's like a, it's kind of a workout. Honestly, are you Absolutely. exhausted by the end of a double interview day? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And yesterday I had a triple. Uh, I'm totally exhausted. I am an introvert um, by my my natural state is introverted. And so, um, yeah, I I recharge uh, by myself. And so, you know, doing the interviews and doing a lot of people, um, you know, um, what's the word, Uh, interaction digitally or in person, by the end of the day, I'm pretty wiped out.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, you know, just to, to begin with what, what, what made you start this whole venture? Why, why start podcasting? You're an introvert. This isn't like your natural calling. It's not like you want to be center stage. So why did you start Code Story?
1: Good question. Um, I had some friends, excuse me. I had some friends that started their own podcast and I was a podcast junkie myself, listened to quite a bit and still do. Um, you know, I have a playlist of of eight to ten every morning. I, I flip through whenever I'm driving to work. And I really connected with and and like how I built this with Guy Ross. Guy does an amazing job of, you know, crafting a story, asking great questions. And the way that he goes about his interviews on that show really surfaces a lot of the human side and a lot of the stories you don't hear um, from, you know, the the PR uh, releases and, you know, the things. But it's like the people from the human side of the people that started the company. And I was like, wow, this is great. Binged, listened to it. And I was like, this is amazing. I wish there was something like this for tech. And because I'm a tech guy, I'm an engineer uh, and and I'm a, a CTO of, my, of my, current, my current company. So I was like, tech, I want, I want this in tech. I looked around and there's some people that are trying to do do some interview shows and they do a good job, but it wasn't the same thing. It wasn't quite the the Guy Raz quality or the the Guy Raz, um, I'm trying to get at the root of what you're saying sort of questions. And so I was like, okay, um, you know, maybe I could give it a shot. My friend started a podcast. I'm also a musician uh, part, you know, in my free time, which is non-existent, but (laughs) but I played played music for a long time. And so I understand audio and recording and things like that. I was like, I, I can do this, no problem. And it um, took me six months to record my first episode, or actually to finish it. I recorded it uh, in one night with a, a, a good friend of mine um, who gave me some advice on, on how to ask the questions and how to kind of flow the interview a little bit. He's a tech entrepreneur as well. And it took me six months to do the editing, uh, that first episode, because I was being a perfectionist. Um, but yeah, I finally got that episode out in 2019. And um, was it 2019 or 2018? I don't, I don't recall if it was 2018 or trying, but it was June and um haven't looked back since
0: yeah i was going to i was going to ask you about your background because your your podcast it's i i i love hearing that your inspiration is from how i built this because your podcast is very different from most that i hear in the kind of tech c suite executive leadership space and that it is it is so well put together. It's like actually beautiful to listen to. You have the music playing in the, in the, in the background, like ever so lightly and, Mm. and the way that you just bring the conversation together, it's really, it, it's really pleasing. I, I like very much enjoy listening to your interviews. So I knew that there had to be, something there for you that connected you to the audio experience for the mm. listeners.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you for saying that. I, I appreciate those, those kind words. It is a little bit more of an artistic creation for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I as I mentioned, I was a musician. I used to play in a band, used to write music uh, way back when, many, many years ago. And um, I still really like that creative aspect, um, especially in audio. And, and and sort of connecting that, and and I, one thing one thing that I really liked about Guy's podcast is how he he and his team you know, he's got a huge team in NPR mm-hmm. um, how they create tension with the music yeah and and to me that like I think in an audio experience people don't even if you do it right people don't even realize that the music is what's driving how they're feeling about what is being said. And so that was a big thing for me from the beginning. Was like I gotta figure out a way to create that tension, um, and 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 sort of drive the narrative that way without words, without talking, um, but sort of craft some feelings from uh, from a musical experience. So that's that's sort of a, a big reason why it's there's some artistic elements to it.
0: Yeah, I mean NPR does a fantastic job doing that. And they've, you know, they've always been audio based. So they've learned that lesson. I actually went and saw Ira Glass live Mm -hmm. and he walked the audience through the making of This American Life and what went on. You know, like the, the audio beds that go in to really mm-hmm. pull at your heartstrings or, you know, spark some sort of emotion or a buildup to the story. Mm-hmm. It makes all the difference. And it's subtle enough that as a listener, you don't even know at the time that you're being kind of dragged along. Mm-hmm. But after you, like you talking about that and then watching that process, it's it's really incredible. It's an art.
1: Yeah. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And it is so, it is so cool when you get it right too. It's yes. so cool when someone is like, "Wow," you know, like like that. It means a lot what you said about the the show. It's beautiful to listen to. Like, it's an experience. And when when I get that kind of feedback, I'm like, okay, then then something's going right because because the music is connecting the story and creating an experience there. So that, uh, it, it's super cool and it's really fun.
0: Yeah, well, and w- so what instrument did you play in your bands?
1: So I played um guitar. I've played okay. guitar for uh twenty years now, I guess, um, off and on. And I so I played lead guitar and I sang backup vocals. We were um we were a heavy um heavy rock band that was female led. So we were like an evanescence. And so I did That's I did, really did cool. some, some backup vocals and some screaming as well. <laughs> this, <laughs> was, this was a long time ago. Um but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I played guitar, did the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, I'm sure that because that's not necessarily a part of your life anymore, that maybe code story has that creativity that you're able to put into it is filling mm-hmm. that void.
1: Yeah. Oh bit. yeah, for sure. No, no, it is. It, it definitely fills that artistic creation, uh, void and it, and it, and also, you know, it's interesting too, I was having conversations like this with other founders, um, on a, on a regular basis too, as I was doing my startups, I was asking questions. I was like, okay, how do you do this? What do I think of, you know, I'm a new guy in this space. And so a little bit of me is like, I get essentially get to have free, a free, like advice session with all of these builders about the things that they went through and what was hard and what wasn't, and can ask them questions. And, um, so it, selfishly, I also get a lot of out, a lot out of it per, um, from a professional standpoint.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of value to be had interviewing founders in that space. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is there, you know, when you're looking for, we've worked with you in the past at Kitcaster, when you're looking for guests to interview, is there certain characteristics that you look for to make a really interesting story?
1: It's a good question. Um, It starts with the technology. It starts with the product. I say technology because it is tech, but it starts with the product. And is it is it something that is interesting, that is solving a problem, that is well done, um, that is done in such a way that is presented um, enough to get my attention? And that's where it starts. Um, and then what what I rely on is that if I can get to the founder, if I can get to the, and sometimes the 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 non-technical founder can tell enough tech to be on the show. I, I interview a lot of CEOs, And but but a tech founding member, essentially, Uh, if I can get them on, I know, having gone through this myself, I know that there's stories behind them all that no one knows about um, where, you know, everyone on their team was going, oh, crap, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, like uh, are we going to make it or I just deleted a database or, (laughs) you know, like I just paid out a bunch of money to the wrong person. Um, but those types of stories and those sorts of decisions that have to be made on the fly and how you respond to them and and things like that, um, I know those exist in every one of them. So if there's a if a solution is far enough along, I can sort of look at it and say I prob I could probably guess how they got here, and I, in this pocket right here, there's going to be some juicy tidbits.
0: Yeah, is it hard sometimes to pull those juicy tidbits out because sometimes people aren't necessarily forthcoming with that information?
1: You know, it's it's it, that's a great question, and and some people aren't um, aren't forthcoming, and I, and I probably have to dig more than others. It's interesting though with engineers, um, engineering folks, or engineering minded people, or SaaS builders uh, are pretty are pretty straight shooters. They're like, yeah. no, this didn't work at all. Uh, <laughs> this was horrible, and I didn't sleep for a week. You know, and then they're like, but this really did, and this was amazing, and you've got to check it out. it's a pretty cool community of of people who who share in their you know uh, what worked and what didn't. Um, but there are times when I'm like, no, oh, tell me, you said a lot of good things about your company. Cool. Now I'm going to ask you about a mistake. Tell me where you screwed stuff up, you know, and, and that sometimes gets them, you know, catches people off guard. Most of the time they're like, yeah, oh, I got plenty of those.
0: Yeah. I mean, everyone does, right? Like, I think that that's the, that's the beauty of these stories and, and what you've, what you've done so well is like, it just allowing space. Cause a lot of times, even the, the podcasts that I listen to that are featuring executives, it's more about maybe personal struggles oftentimes where mm-hmm. you know I started this company that didn't work but that was but it inspired this but you know it's rarely do we hear kind of the the behind the scenes when it comes to the actual technology the platform that's that's being built and all of the missteps that that take place because, it, you know, even in every business, even if you've, you're into implementing tools for your organization, there's always mistakes. Always. So Absolutely. it's, it's pretty awesome that you are able to, to uncover that and get people to, to talk about it.
1: No, I I, I appreciate it. It's really fun. I, I super in, enjoy it. You know, you, you said something that reminded me too, that every, in the early stage of all of these solutions too, when you're trying to find product market fit, when you're building MVPs, you're building in such a way that you're building quick. And, and it's like the engineer's nightmare, right? It's like the, okay, I'm I'm going to create something that's going to be just enough and put it out there. And, and you know, there's this saying about, you know if you aren't embarrassed of your product, when you ship it, you, then you ship too late. And that's, Absolutely true. And so mm-hmm. the, the whole thing around building something just enough and then having to sort of rebuild it and or technically change it or fix it creates a lot of juicy stories too.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're you're an engineer, right? I am. Yep. And you told us it took you a bit to to d- launch your first episode because <laughs> you had to get it perfect. Mm-hmm. So there's yep. a part of an engineer that strives for perfectionism. So you're pushing these folks completely outside of their comfort zone.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And and it's, it's fun. It's fun to watch.
0: Yeah. And I'm assuming that it doesn't take you six months to edit podcast episodes, (laughs) right?
1: No, no, I can usually do, um, do an, you know, an episode in a day or so the longest part, um, or the part that takes the longest is sort of crafting the narration and, and, Creating the the teaser part of it, which is um, it requires me to to sort of find the the most provocative thing said in the um, in the interview and put it at the beginning, right? So that the first thirty seconds of the podcast is just that juicy tidbit. And Guy does that, and I stole yes. that from Guy. <laughs> um, and, and so that takes the longest because I've really got to sift through everything, but I can, I can knock out an episode in a, in a day when I have time and, um, I've got a pretty good format. The music doesn't change, uh, in the, in the questions that I asked, the, the music doesn't change there very often. Uh, the music changes every episode on the front, front end, because it sort of helps create the, the feeling of the narrative and the, and the story, but yeah, about, about a day or so now. So six okay. months down to a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good. That's, I mean, 253 episodes. I'm I'm glad you got that, that down to, to a day, but also are you, are you, while you're interviewing your guests, because that's a I meeting, mean, that's a lot of work for you. I would imagine to go back, listen, kind of pull out those, those juicy pieces. Are you making notes while you're, while you're listening, while you're interviewing? Like, Hey, that was that, that's it right there.
1: I, that would be a really good idea to do that. <laughs> um, I, I'm not usually. Usually, I'm 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 either multitasking, to be completely honest, or or I'm or I'm tuned in, right? Um, but I'm not taking notes. I, I I do need to get better at my workflow as far as the interview and afterwards. Um, I kind of have my tools and they work, and I haven't really improved them in a in a long time. Um, I think taking notes during it would be would be great. It's like, okay, here's the here's the clip. Uh, here's the five things that I'm gonna use to create the narrative, and here's the the marking of the origination story where I need to pull that out of. And um, yeah, I should go do that. You've inspired me to go do that. I'm gonna go do it. (laughs) (laughs) But save me some time.
0: Well, I was just thinking about the amount of work that goes into it afterwards where you have to listen back probably re-listen a few times. So um, you know, Noah, when you I'm sure there were a lot of lessons learned along this journey. What would you say is maybe your your top lesson learned in the world of podcasting?
1: Hmm. That's, that's a hard that's a that's a hard one. Yeah. Um I'm still learning. Um I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, I think I think what has been what has been something that's been really good for for my process, I guess, is to stick to um, stick to a static list of questions, um, and, and I've really dialed those questions in to create the narrative or this to pull out the stories that I want to be told, mm-hmm. um, and, and so far. Uh, you know, 250 plus episodes. Those stories are getting pulled out, and that makes it a lot easier. Um, it's easier on me, right? Because then I'm I know what I'm going to ask, and I tell my guests up front. I'm like, I'm not going to go outside these questions. If I do, it'll be in response to one of your answers. So you, no surprises. This is this is what you're going to get. Um, and then, uh, but but what I what I find is that having honed those in it also puts the, um, it, it allows me to not have to think through what I'm going to ask. And it allows me to focus on putting the guests at ease, right, at, at you know, um, helping them feel like we're in a coffee shop and two peers chatting about, yeah, let me tell you this story about, you know, and, and, and that, that is the feel, that is how I want them to feel when they're being interviewed. Um, and so I think I've, I've learned that that's really valuable. So when, you know, think about lessons learned, like, I, I I think I underestimate how valuable that has been to the success of the, of the, the interviews and getting out the right information. So when they're comfortable, when that guest is comfortable, um, you know, it's almost like they're on a, you know, like a, like a therapist chair or something, right? Like, let me tell you about this one time. Um, and the, that gets out the best stuff. Yeah.
0: And I have to say, I've, I've, been on your show and it's definitely comfortable. Like you, you have a way of putting the guest at ease and, and there's no, you're right. There's no surprises. And I think that that is what often gets folks, what gets their nerves jumping,
1: quite mm-hmm. frankly, mm-hmm.
0: is when they're you know, feeling unprepared or that the interview might take a different direction that they're not ready for, but just leading them down that mm-hmm. path and letting them go is mm-hmm. super smart. How long did it take you to get to that point of the perfect questions?
1: That's a, a great question. Um, probably I mean, my my gut says twenty five to fifty episodes. so it was it was first few seasons, you know. Um, I think i I was sort of changing them. Um, not every episode, I was kind of sticking to a format, but I wasn't really asking them the same way every time. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't ask them totally the same way every time. Um, but I think, you know, 25, 50 episodes really kind of smoothed it out and normalized the feeling behind the questions and the, the what I'm really trying to get Um and, and how I phrase the question and how I pull forward their answer into the next question too. That's actually a big piece of it too, you know because the way the questions are ordered is it creates a story, right It creates a story of idea inception all the way to this successful company, right and and all the things along the way. And so you know like say for example, the the one of the second or one of the third questions is around, Um, roadmap building and how you decide what's the next most important thing to build. And it's in context of, okay, you just told me about your MVP. So that's where we're at. So I say, okay, you've got your MVP. You've done this, you've done this, you experienced this problem. You learned this, you made this decision and, and that sucked, but you learned from it. And here you are now, how are you progressing the product from that point? Right? So it's building on top of each thing that's been answered to create this Sort of massive story. Um, and
0: uh, again, it's super fun, yeah. no, absolutely. I mean, i I think it does. it It does take a while to kind of test out how the questions are resonating with the guest and how it's building the narrative. So you you've got the perfect flow. What with the interview questions, you've got your kind of post-production process in place. What kind of tools are you implementing to make sure that everything runs seamlessly? You have a really nice setup on the on the back end too, when you're sending the guest like, hey, the interview is dropping, here are all the places, rate and review. like it's it's pretty it's very nicely buttoned up. So what kind of tools are you implementing?
1: That's a good question. I think i'm still I'm still in evaluation phase of a few things, but you know, for, for productions, I'm using either Riverside or Squadcast. So I'm I, that's how I record and capture the interviews. Uh, f- for the actual editing, I'm using Logic and I've got, you know, a template that I've created that sort of drives um, that process. Uh, I use Auphonic to make sure that all tracks and then the final um, the final episode is mastered and leveled really nicely, uh, which Auphonic is fantastic. Um then as far as like the or, or the workflow around the communications and things, uh, so I'm using Calendly to book all the all the interviews uh and sort of drive some of the email reminders and workflow there. Um I'm using Drive to sort of create a you know, info deck with the questions and sort of like a you know a kit to send over, like, hey, you're about to be interviewed. Here's here's what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh and I just store that PDF on Drive. Um, I'll drop a, uh, beta episode on drive to, and just share that link. And then honestly, when the episode drops, it's just me, it's just me typing those emails out and saying, I've got some templates, you know, here's, here's your links and here's your assets. And thanks for being on the show. Please share it with the world. And so I, I think there's still a lot more for me to figure out, um, you know, how to do it better. Um, but it's, it's working for now.
0: Yeah. Well, what is the, what's the, what's the ultimate goal with Code Story? What are your, what are your hopes and dreams with the podcast? <laughs>
1: That's a good question. It's, it's sort of evolved. I think originally I was doing it for just for fun. You know, I was just doing it for fun, see what happens. And it's, it's, it's grown quite a bit and yeah, um, you know, we're gaining some traction and um, you know, people seem to really like it. And so, you know, I think, You know, continuing to grow, continuing to grow in subscribers. You know, and gain you know some presence uh, for the podcast and 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 some awareness, I think, out there. And then I've I've, I'm kicking around. um, I'm kicking around two things. One is is makes a lot more sense. It just it requires some some resources, right? And the resources are growing that are coming from the show. Some some revenue from the show from advertisements from uh, placements, things like that. And using those funds to sort of build out an operational team, right. To where I'm not doing the editing. I'm not doing the booking. I'm not doing all that sort of stuff. I'm just doing the interviewing. And, um, I think that's probably step one to get to, to where, okay, I can take my hands off and then look at the strategy of what we're going to do next. I kicked around getting a co-host so that I'm, I'm not the only interviewer. Yeah. Um, I have someone in mind, but he's very busy. <laughs> he's a guy who actually used to work for me and he, he left my company and went to start his own and they're about to raise their series a and he's a brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, uh, I'd love to steal him back, but I'll probably won't ever get him back in <laughs> my company, but I, I would love to have him co-host the show. And I actually asked him when we were, when he was working for me and he just didn't have time. Um, you know, based on what he was doing here and what he was doing on the side. So uh, those are kind of the two things in mind for the short term. But, you know, what happens with it eventually? I, I don't know. It's a cool moment in podcasting. And, um, you know, podcasting is becoming more popular and people, you know, people are paying attention to it. And so that's that's cool. And it's, I'm just kind of riding the wave right now, I guess.
0: Yeah. What do you think it was that kind of that sparked the wave
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I usually can, can come up with an answer of, uh, <laughs> to the most questions, but I honestly don't know something, something, you know, maybe, maybe it's the nature of, you know, you, so you've got, you know, you've got radio, right. And then you've got you know, things like Spotify or, you know, Apple Music or Pandora that came to give you more selection. And now, you know, people are really wanting to craft their own curated list of audio resources. And so maybe it's that, maybe it's part of the, you know, I want it my way and I want it only my way. And I'm not going to listen to just the radio station. I can't remember the last time I turned on the radio. You know, I go straight to podcast or my own music playlist. So, I think maybe it was that, but there's got to be more, you know, yeah. I, I'm sure I'm sure there's some generational stuff there. Uh, but there's got to be more there. And I honestly don't know. I don't know what what's causing it
0: well, I definitely think that we are more tuned in to technology than we've ever been before, obviously, with everything that we have at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. And it seems as if we, as, I I don't know. I have so many different theories on this, but one of my theories is just as a society, we want to just be distracted.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's true.
0: Whether it be through social media or through putting your your AirPods in and tuning into a podcast, but it's like just doing a task without having a distraction seems unheard of. Like who Mm -hmm. mows their lawn anymore without having their AirPods in. I don't know the last time I've seen somebody just like mowing their lawn or going for a walk with just nothing. Mm -hmm. So I do think that there's this desire to want to always have some input Mm -hmm. and podcasts are a really nice way. It's like you get to it's like we get to tap into this forever learning desire of getting to find out about new things, honing our skills, and and podcast really lends itself to that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point, and I think you're right. And part of that's really exciting for, you know, the technology and the in the podcasting space and being in the ears of people. I think that's exciting and fun. Part of that makes me sad because I'm kind of a I'm a weird tech guy. I'm I'm probably more analog than I am digital. I'm an out, I'm an outdoors guy. I like being out with my boots on, walking through the wild, looking for wild animals. You know, yeah, more without
0: than, listening to a podcast,
1: without listening to anything, just listening to the wind or to the sounds of the leaves, and you know, or to whatever you know animal I'm tracking. So I I don't know. Part of that makes me sad because I feel like I'm afraid that our kids are going to lose a little bit of that. And so um, as much as I'm excited about the boost in, you know, podcasting and digital stuff, being an engineer, there's a part of me that's like, we, we still got to hang on to our, ourselves.
0: Yeah, same. I mean, I think that everything has a course correct. And we'll, we'll realize that it's important to push pause on all mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and just look up in the sky and right. enjoy it. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting phenom to see the just explosion of podcasts. And we've, we've certainly seen that and just general interest on, on all fronts, whether it's people wanting to start a podcast, be on a podcast, it's, um, it's kind of all the rage.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So Noah, as we wrap up this conversation, I always like to have the guest offer up Three pieces of advice, really just in case somebody's wanting to start a podcast, maybe wanting to fine tune their podcast. What do you got?
1: Hmm. Three pieces. So I thought of two immediately. I'll have to work on the third while I'm talking though. Um, the first piece of advice, and this is for podcasting or for dreaming or for startup building or for really anything you're after just go do it. That's yep. it. Stop talking about it and go do it. Um, you're never going to get more time. And so I, I, look back on, you know, my time in college and I had roommates that, um, you know, uh, actually my first podcast guest was my college roommate and he was building startups back then. Uh, his name's Ryland Barnes. And I could have been building stuff with him um, You know, I was too busy off having fun, Uh, but I could have been building uh, things and starting sooner and I can't get that time back anymore Um, and we can't. So if you have the desire to start a podcast, just go do it, go figure it out. Especially we live in, the day and age we live in, I mean, the tools are free or cheap and there's really not a good reason not to. So that'd be the first thing I'd say. Um, the second thing I'd say to that, which is probably a, it's probably at the hip with the first thing, but don't be afraid to get it wrong. I mean, figure it out, uh, get it wrong. In fact, embrace getting it wrong and learn from it, um, and get it wrong fast, um, almost have fun getting it wrong. And that's hard for me to say and do as an engineer. That's a lesson, hard lesson I've learned. Um, like you really grow. And you really hone in what you're trying to do um, by getting it wrong.
0: Yeah, and, mistakes are you know, important.
1: Absolutely, and and they shape they shape who you are. They shape what you're doing, and it you know it's it creates wisdom, right? And so, I think that's super super critical. Like, don't be afraid to get it wrong. And the third thing is, um, I think you know, kind of based on what I was saying earlier about the, uh, um, you know, about the analog world, I think um, the third piece of advice I'd say is to unplug now and again. Um, don't, you know, go go be with your family, go be with your kids, go to church, go to your neighbor's house, you know, mow your yard without any earbuds on, um, you know, do, do those things and unplug uh, because it's, I don't know, we, we, we can't lose ourselves. And, um, I think the best way to do that is just to unplug.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's really important to just be with your thoughts, to hear yourself, to be in the uncomfortable, because that's Mm -hmm. where, that's where the goodness happens. It kind of goes back to your point one and two, like those things happen when you shut everything down. Mm-hmm. you start to think about things that you want to do or reflect on mistakes that have that you've made or missteps that you've made, and you can make it better, yeah, that's pretty incredible. You know that that number one, and you being in the startup world, it's something that I tell people all the time is when they have an idea. I like sometimes people get really cagey about talking about their idea, <laughs> <laughs> which I always find so interesting because I think they're you know they're mm-hmm. afraid that somebody might steal it. And I always tell everyone, like, don't be afraid to share your ideas because mm-hmm. for somebody to take your idea and do it, there are so many barriers to that. Most people really don't have what it takes to just pick it up and do it. Mm-hmm. So always be open to sharing your ideas with people, that's when you also realize whether it's a good idea or not. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. Definitely share those, share those ideas. If someone is the type of person that's going to go implement something um, that you're sharing with, they probably have a hundred ideas of their own and are not going to steal yours.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay. So the very last thing we're going to do, and then I'm going to let you go, <laughs> Let you recharge. Hopefully you don't have any more podcast interviews today.
1: <laughs> I got a few meetings, but that's it.
0: Okay. All right. We're going to play Would You Rather really quick. Okay. okay. You okay with that? Sure. Okay. It's very easy. It's not like, you know, it's not intimidating like high school. <laughs> First question. You've got a neighborhood softball team. Who would you pick to be on your team? Serena Williams or Simone Biles? <laughs>
1: Oh, good question. Um, I'm not super familiar with either one of them. So uh, (laughs) I think Serena's been in the the media more. So that's probably where my head would go. Sure, Serena. (laughs) She
0: has a really wicked tennis swing. So I'm sure that she could adapt to softball bat. No problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: All right, taxes. We got (laughs) to do them. But who would you rather do your taxes? Willie Nelson or Mike Tyson?
1: Willie Nelson, obviously. I don't, I don't know that, um, he would do them very well, but I think he (laughs) would be really fun to do them with.
0: (laughs) I think out of all people, like, can't you just imagine Willie? Like he would have a blast doing like anything that you do with Willie is going to be fun.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. He's going to make it a ball.
0: Yeah. Mike seems like it'd be just intense no matter how you shake it.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay. So last question. Uh, Okay. Let me see here. What do I want to do? I think because you're a podcast fan, I'm going to go with this one. You've got some secrets that you need to tell someone. Who would you rather trust with these secrets? Ira Glass from This American Life or Dan Carlin from Hardcore History?
1: (laughs) Between those two. Oh, good question. Um, uh, maybe Dan, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe Ira. That's a tough one.
0: Um, pretty seems like a safe bet either way. So maybe yeah. it just comes down to like who you think you would be more comfortable with sharing your secrets with.
1: Yeah. Maybe Dan, um, he's probably like, yeah, that's already happened before, you know, history podcast guy, history buff. It's yeah. he's probably like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's really not that big a deal.
0: Yeah, you're not Um, the first one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what I would go with because he'd probably be like, yeah, in the 1700s, this this person had that same feeling.
0: (laughs) Awesome. That's it. Would you rather? Thank you so much, Noah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Hopefully that wasn't too scary.
1: Not at all. Not at all. That was fun. That was fun.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on Hosted. For those of you who are tuning in, Follow us on all of the social channels and look for our next episode we publish every other week. Thank you for tuning in and we'll check in next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. If you want to find out more about KitCaster, about Posted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Posted. Take care.